a season two, episode two, Wow, of Relative Pitch. Um, I'm Lauren Green, joined by my co-hosts Anthony Morris and Michael Brown. Today's episode is really exciting. It's something that I, myself, am super passionate about, community engagement through the arts. So that's a very loaded thing to say. So first of all, first of all, guys, how are we doing? It is week two. Some of us have been in school. Some of us have not been in school yet, Michael. I had three days, thank you. Those three days was really hard. So we get a three-day weekend to cover it right back up. Whatever, whatever. Still upsets me that y'all just got back in like three days ago and you get out way before I do. Play it, hit the game. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm pretty sure as people are listening to me, um, I am sick, not of COVID, not of COVID. Nope. Okay, not of COVID. It is a sinus issues going on I don't know I think sooner it literally happened on September 1st so I think September 1st the seasons are changing now um and it's just I guess my body was like it's time to have your your yearly change of season sickness so but we're living we're living yeah no I being in New Mexico now I have mm-hmm. absolutely no moisture in my body yeah. anymore it sucks it all up. It rained for like two days, like crazy. And then it immediately went back to being super dry. So then my body's like, what, what are we? Like, what are we doing? Oh, and also for anyone listening, if you were affected by Hurricane Ida, we are sending prayers to you and your families. I mean, I've, I, uh, I have some friends in Louisiana and I saw their school, like the complete roof came off of their school and everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But on topic of community engagement through music, um, so the band boosters actually, um, some of the moms cooked dinner and they were having, they were giving out free, you know, dinner plates and things because, you know, right now, like that is what is needed. And they had some of the people playing and that's a way to get into the community um, through a, a sad time. Um, but still, that is a way. And Lauren, if you remember Lauren, our good good old co-host here about, I want to say, was it three years ago that we did the Hurricane Relief oh, concert? Hey, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. talk about that. Like she, Lauren really kind of did that. So that was, um, it was interesting. Uh, this was kind of a, it was a huge group effort. And it remind me exactly, what was a hurricane? It was Hurricane. Um, oh God, I can't oh even remember gosh. Hurricane. hurricane. Oh God. Oh, oh my gosh, it just came to my, it was hurricane. It was, oh it, it like tore through Pensacola and like that panhandle, yeah. Alabama hurricane. Dang it. Oh my God. Okay. So it was, it was a, it was a hurricane that came a few, every, everyone should know, remember exactly, but we can't remember the name, but cause it's like so 2017, many. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, but anyway, Michael, so- check, check Michael. Someone fact check us. But we basically did this uh, fundraising concert where everyone just volunteered their time, their talents, their efforts, and got together this church that someone was, a few people were members of, and they sang for the choir, allowed us to use their space for this thing. And it was a wonderful thing. You bought the tickets. All the funding went to the the cause for the hurricane relief. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really amazing thing. It was something that I was like, wow, this is this is how you use art to better communities you know what i mean and people are always like oh but like in those situations like how you know those people are non-essential it's like 
real well if you think from a very shallow point of view sure but then you think about well i can use my gifts my talents my resources to help better this mm -hmm. situation you know um mm -hmm. and that was such an it was an amazing cause everyone i mean it was a beautiful uh variety of uh, performances um and it was i mean michael you performed right for it I, yeah i believe you did something um there was a choir group the I believe. whole Kennesaw State uh, Chamber uh, Choir, exactly. we all performed. Um, uh, we did, uh, well, the Chamber Choir performed um, um, uh, ooh, Odysseus and the Sirens by Stroop, which was very pretty. And then we did this other piece um, that was very, it was like so beautiful. Um, and it was actually a poem written for a funeral actually. But it was just so, it, the text was just very beautiful and it was a small chamber choir of us. Um, so we had a good performances um, during that. Meech. So it was Hurricane Irma. 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 I kept saying, Irma. I, I kept saying like Ivy or Irma. I-R-M-A. Irma. Irma. It was Irma. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It tore a lot. It tore a lot. It, that panhandle of Florida, because I think we actually donated to um, an organization in Pensacola. Was it in Pensacola, I believe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But you it was great. Super affected by it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just remember because um, we were helping out with the tickets and like we had a great audience there. It really showed us how music could be, you know, a, really put into it. And, and, you know, a lot of people, what most people don't realize, like even in the U.S. Army and, and Armed Forces, there are the U.S. bands and choirs and things, and they go, usually do, you know, these type of community events. And I remember actually in eighth grade, we were studying um, uh, World War II in English class or something. And I did a whole project on the U.S. Army band going to um, Germany and going to Russia and they're doing these concerts, these first eight concerts, you know, getting money so that they could, you know, send to, you know, all the people that are dying in a freaking war. And like most people don't ever think about that, but we, our, our talents can be used to do some great things. Can we pick up a gun and go shoot? No. Not and I don't really want to either. That's not my style. But can I use my talents to help? Absolutely. So we definitely are involved in the community. And so for people who don't know exactly like what community engagement or want the exact definition of community engagement, it's the process of working collaboratively, collaboratively, and through groups of people affiliated by geographic proximity, special interests, or similar situations to address issues affecting the well-being of those people. So community engagement is exactly what it means. It means you go and engage with the community in whatever capacity that means for the well-being of those who are in the community, not just specific people in the community, everyone in the community. That's a really big one because you have a lot of these initiatives, which I'll emphasize, I'll, I'll do this um, quotations around initiatives, um, that there are groups and organizations who go into communities but these are communities who are already very aware that these organizations are there. They're very aware or they already go to support these organizations. They know about them. Um, for me, my interest with community engagement is where you go into communities who don't really necessarily have the resources to even know that these 
organizations exist whatsoever or don't have the resources to actually engage in going to see an opera or going to see a play or going to see a dance show. You know what I mean? And so a big thing that projects that I'm trying to do this year where I am in Albuquerque are doing events where I get to help with UNM, our College of the Fine Arts, merge more with the community. Albuquerque itself, anyone who knows New Mexico, Albuquerque has a very individualized special arts culture here due to all the ethnicities and all the like groups who are right here in this city. And so we have an arts hub here. My, my goal is to try to get our school that has, our, again, so many really huge um, minorities, maybe not necessarily my minorities specifically, which hopefully to change that, but other minorities and get them to engage more with the community and let them know that we're here, right? Um, and so there are, le- there are levels to community. There are also little pockets of how and which organizations do community engagement. And so one of my questions I pose to you guys is why why is it important that art is even in the communities? Why should we care? Why why should people want to take their kids to art performances or go see art shows or go do anything involving the arts? I think it is important. I want to touch another point real quick. Community engagement also looks different depending on where you are. If you're in a place like New York, Boston, Chicago, art is already strong. Art is dove like interwined in that culture so that community engagement looks completely different than macon georgia oh you know what i mean so that community engagement in my eyes is so important because you're trying to find and inspire in people who think they don't like music or don't understand music that no you actually do but we use technical terms we don't always have to use technical terms cool you look at a pop song you can describe a lot of different actual terms that we use as trained musicians Mm -hmm. so like in that community specifically middle georgia it's inspiring the curiosity of art it is inspiring how to not how to think about it but like i do actually understand this wow i'm smarter than i think i am and then like a big thing for me is youth orchestras and that pushing kids around the area to get better at their instrument, to open their ears to something they haven't heard because usually they play in wind bands, which I love wind bands way more than orchestras, but Hey, I was in a youth orchestra. It opened my eyes and it opened my eyes to chamber music. Cause I was also in that, but we also have to see community engagement looks different in different communities and it's supposed to target different things. Mm-hmm. And on top, when you said Middle Georgia, it literally just unlocks the memory in my head. I remember being like five years old in Macon. Macon has the Cherry Blossom Festival. Um, and back, I don't even think they do it now, but they used to have a parade. And I remember just sitting or standing and seeing the bands come and do a parade. And I was just like, what is this like oh my gosh they're like marching and they're doing things and like that piqued my interest in music so that is a way that you know community engagement worked for middle georgia and honestly how it works for i would say a lot of the not big population cities i mean new like you said new york already has a uh, um, music or arts boston has arts la has arts But when you think of um, Macon or Atlanta even, you know, 
or someplace like Orlando, Florida, or somewhere where it's not the big cities where you think it is, a simple parade is really engaging the entire community and exposing them to something new in the arts. And so from there, I, that really was like, okay, well, I can do this, let me go into it. So it really does look different compared to places that you are. Um, and to answer your question, Lauren, I think we, it is very necessary. It is very necessary for us to be in the community because if we're not in the community, our field of expertise will dry up. It will. And that's what honestly orchestras, major orchestras are dealing with right now is because they haven't been in the community. They've been focusing on people to come to them rather than them go to the people. And so that's why a lot of it is drying up. Um, I remember, I mean, I know the ASO did this a little bit when I was growing up where they did do community engagements. Um, my middle school, we ended up going to see the Christmas concert, but that was it, just the one Christmas concert. I mean, that's little on the totem pole, but it, it was something. But a lot of orchestras, they're seeing that they need to do a lot more. And that's where the pops concerts come from. They need to do a lot more of that to get the community involved. I want to ask you all a question. What is the one ensemble that is most visible in our art form? Band. What kind of band? Marching band. And I think that is like, and I know marching man is so cliche, but imagine what a marching man does on a college campus, like a good marching man gets people hype. It get it like restores tradition, the alma mater, the fight song, the whole stadium is singing. Like I went to the Bronco marching band preview game and I'm here and the whole thing is packed. Like the, the sideline, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is a marching band. And then they, everybody starts singing the fight song. And I'm like, what? That yeah. is community engagement. They reached Perfect. over 200 people in an hour and just like restored some of the tradition. And in high schools, this is so important. And especially if high schools start playing modern music in the stands. Wow. Imagine the community engagement and imagine the young people. That's like, whoa, that's industry, baby. I listen to that on the radio. What is happening? So that's one point I just wanted to bring up real quick. Like that is one of our most visible ensembles that a lot of people throw away. Well, this is my thing. We have now shifted to this idea that you, it, people don't realize art used to be embedded in the communities back in the day. It used to be the communities actually was art. And these artists were major people of the cities and everything. They were alongside the philosophers, the scientists, everything. They were seen as just as important because art is just as important. So, cause hear me out. Without art, you wouldn't have any of your favorite shows. You wouldn't have any of your favorite music that you listen to on the radio. You wouldn't have any of the designs that you see around your house or all that. Everything that you have, everything that you touch is art to a certain capacity, right? It's true. The workspace you go into every day to be a doctor, lawyer, scientist, whatever, that was designed, that was designed by someone who is an architect, who is an artist, right? So when you start, people start separating art like they think oh well this is like this is the necessary and then this is no 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 no. it's all necessary it is all necessary and my problem is that we have now gone away to like where certain ones are put away it's like they're like the 
the, oh, you can't get to that point. Or like you have to be a certain type of person to understand or enjoy. No, 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 no. Because the reason, and yes, marching band, that makes complete sense because they are right there in every community, Mm -hmm. in every high school, every band that's right there. It's right there. So of course, they're constantly engaging with the community. And then these ensembles, such as a symphony orchestra, who people may not even know is in their city. Why is that? Um, because they don't, they don't see you. How, if you, if you're saying to me, the only way that you're, when you want to engage with me is me coming to you, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like do things in like, I think like Atlanta Symphony, yeah, they have things like that. They have ASO in the park, which Mm -hmm. is like a one time a year thing, which I will say it's great. Like those types of events are really wonderful. Um, but then is that enough? And also still figure out who are going to those events because I went to one last night here. New Mexico Phil had one of their first uh, concerts to Labor Day kickoff in the park, one of the parks here. And I still looked around and I was like, there's, there's a lot of white hair still here. So who are they really, who really, I mean, I was there cause I was like, my professor's playing a bunch of my friends are subbing in for this one. So I really wanted to go see it. They were playing all the recognizable tunes right the pop it's a, it was a pop show you know they had the white tops black bottoms <laughs> and so you know to a certain point you have to go are you really engaging though with the people who you should be engaging with in turn like you know if they're already coming to you you, you don't have to you don't have to try to get them to come to you it's the ones who are not coming to you that you have to go to and i think that's what michael that's what you were mentioning with the whole it looks different where you are. In New York, everyone's going to go to it. It's New York. It's art, right? But then in the communities like Macon, Georgia, which that's not a place where there is like a huge, it's not New York, right? It's just not New York. So people aren't going to be trying, going out of their way to try to find art unless you go to them and present it to them in that way. Um, and it, I mean, it makes complete sense when you think about it that way. It's very, you just, you just know, right? And so we've we've been throwing out a few project ideas and um, community engagement projects. Uh, What are some other ones that you guys have seen or experienced? Well, one that I just love, 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 love is actually by a former guest of ours, Dr. Cynthia Johnson-Turner, while she was at UGA, when she did a tour of the um, prison systems in Georgia. She went to a... Uh, maximum level uh, prison, and then I think like a medium to lower level security prison. Um, And they did a whole concert and it won, it exposed um, the inmates to music, but it also exposed those students to the, the prison, the injustice of the prison system, specifically in Georgia, but also in the complete United States. You, you just said something and I just remembered a, a, a class I'm doing right now. We just had to read this article about this like theory spaces, about the, this, the theory of like spaces and how spaces create hierarchies and other things like that. It's a little bit of a concept. So she, the, the author of it, and I, I'll have to find it and say it next week, but was talking about how the places in which we engage with create like the people who are in our front and center and then creates invisible people. So like the people who are in places that we don't want to think about every day. So like hospitals, nursing homes, prisons, cemeteries, the people who are usually in those areas or spirits in those areas, we don't like to think about on a daily basis unless you work specifically at those places. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you in your head are not 
if those places are not front and center in your mind or you're not constantly thinking about it, those people who are in those situations also start becoming invisible people. And Mm. we oftentimes forget that those people, especially specifically incarcerated people, are people. They're there. They are, they're still human beings, whatever that they did. And so seeing things like this, where you're saying, we understand that you are still human and we want to bring this to you. Because what, I mean, most of them, I'm sure, was like, I haven't heard music in years. You know, some like live music in so many years. Um, and so, it re- again, it's like, who are you engaging with? And who should you really be engaging with? Are you engaging with the people who can readily and easily go get those resources and who are already going to the opera every weekend or are you going to that? Are you going, are you really doing your work? Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really truly believe that that first, like first idea is community engagement. You're just kind of catering more to the people who are already coming to you. Community okay. engagement is going to the people who are not, who may not know you as well, who don't have access to you. So that was just that I, when you brought that up, I was like, that's a really that has so many layers of good to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if if anybody wants to learn any more about um, how UGA and Dr. Uh, Cynthia Johnson Turner did it, uh, you can go back and check our previous episode where she was on it. And she did actually talk a lot about it. And she also did a tour of Costa Rica, I believe, um, and where they they went into Costa Rica. Those are some great community engagement. Like, but when I heard that they went to the prison system, I was like, what? Like, but what you just said, how it is developed in our mind when we think about prison, those people are, we don't think about them. They are invisible people because they're not on our on our radar. And so for um, the just the geniusness of all of that, going in there and, and giving them music, live music and here's the thing there's probably were some inmates in there that had band when they were in middle and high school and it probably brings them some type of joy and we all know that in the united states the prison system is nothing but a form of jim crow laws because we all know that there is an imbalance of who is in the actual prison system and what for so we want to make sure that we always treat them as human beings because that is what they are. So um, I really enjoyed that um, part of community engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, I mean, I think we all had art every, well, we all obviously did, we did band, right? In middle and high school and everything. So we had art from a very young age. Arts in the Heart was a festival in Augusta that it still goes on every single... Actually, they're probably preparing for it pretty soon, um, where there are vendors, art vendors, so local artists who made jewelry and they made paintings and they made all these things have their... They set up, you can go, you can buy local art and everything from them. And it was great because you get to talk to these people and they're like, oh, yes, my family, we make this jewelry and everything. And like we... This is like the ideology behind it and why we love it. And we do this because we're in this certain part of the world. You know what I mean? And if you get to talk to these people and learn their stories. And for me, I don't know, buying local, especially things like that makes it so much more special because I can go look at it and go, oh my gosh, I remember that experience, you know? And I remember the the stories they were telling and all these other things. And like, it was so beautiful because you had this strip of vendors and then you had stages where there was a jazz ensemble playing. A lot of the Davidson there, they would send combos out to play at it or other people would do poetry readings and all this. So it was just 
art constantly going on. Then they had the food vendors, which food is a form of art. Absolutely. And so it was like they had it for countries. Like you can go over to Greece and get like a feta fries. And that was amazing, you know, to try all this stuff. So it was it was a festival that we always looked to like forward to because it was everything we could possibly want just in one like downtown area. Um, and it was, it was beautiful cause it was a show and there were dancers, there was theater, there was everything, you know? And so things like that in my community, that I, that was big for me being able to see all the art that was going on, um, in the community and everything. Um, and so that was, and that was a way that artists got to share things with the community. And these are people who are in the community, you know, they're doing it for their, it's themselves too. And it's the people who are next door to you. You don't even know. Um, Coming from KSU, we saw a lot of ways in which the music department uh, tried to engage with uh, the local schools around the area, um, like inviting them to come on campus and have the opportunity to play on stages. And I know we had orchestra invitational because I think the we played Sibelius two with the, the the orchestra, and it was it was amazing. Or I don't know if it was if it was an honor orchestra or if it was an invitational, but they they have multiple facets where students can come on campus. Um, and they got to sit, sit next to us and like play with collegiate players and everything and play in a, a, the hall um, and all these other little programs that brings those students into like right onto your turf and everything. Um, and this is what I mean. You have the community engagement through the school efforts, you know what I mean? And like marching band, that's a whole thing of putting them out into the community. The students actually can be helping with that. Um, Arts in the Heart is taking it, putting it smack in the middle of the community um, and there are a lot of there are a lot of other ways too that organizations can do that to engage in the community. Not that necessarily there's enough of it in the places where there should be, but there are there's groundwork for that type of thing to be done. Um, so like we see what we have seen. So what do we want to see more of? What are ways that we want to see art? more in the communities that we are in or that we were a part of? You know, I think I would like to see this, I think the classical version of music being brought to not just the upper, upper echelon schools. I think they need to go into inner city schools because I think for a long time, it is kind of, people have thought, oh, if you're an inner city school or your school is, you know, not as rich as the others, you're not interested in classical music. That's not true at all. Um, it's just that no one has exposed us to this type of music. Um, and so I would like to see the big orchestras or the big ensembles of classical music really stop or not stop, but put less focus on the already established, you know, six A, seven A schools that have millions of dollars in their bank account and go into an inner city public school and give that same concert and have those same questions. Um, one person that I saw uh, do this was actually the orchestra conductor, Roger Cox. Um, I think he is the associate conductor of the Minnesota Orchestra, I believe. Um, he was born and raised in, uh, Macon, Georgia. And he graduated from Central High School, which Central High School is a inner city uh, public school. And he came back and he talked with the musicians at that school, um, which that school is predominantly black. And, you know, most people don't think they're going to go on to, you know, classical music. And he said, look, 
you can do this. Like, look at me. I graduated from this school and now I am conducting in, in Germany and France and England. Here I am. Um, and so I think that's what I would want to see is more of that. And also talking about community engagement, you don't necessarily have to be with a group of people. You can do community engagement by yourself. Roger Cox did it. He came by himself and just talked with the community. That's a way. You do not have to wait on somebody else to come with you. If you think it's necessary, you do the work and you go into that community and you just go ahead and say what you need to say. So, but that's what I would like to see personally is getting out of that comfort zone, I think. Michael. That's a really big thing. Um, you brought up two points that I wanted to speak more on and then I'll ask Michael that same question. Um, but first of all, yeah, when these orchestras are trying to do saying, oh, we go into these schools um, and everything, which ones do you go into? Correct. Which ones do you go into? And then I, I always hear sometimes the, the excuses of, oh, well, they don't have the resources for us to come or they don't have the, the, like, the resources, including, like, location and, like, where they can house a symphony orchestra. And then... A gym? Right. Uh, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody big enough to play in a gym. And, and that's right. my thing is like, it's, it's the, you said it, comfortability. They want to be on a really nice performance hall. They want to do all this other stuff. Like, no, put yourself in the gym, play for all these kids and like, do your job. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there should be no, oh, we don't have this or this or this. And no, 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 no. Oh. They're all excuses. If you have the right people in charge of a project like that and the right people to go into those schools, because so my thing, and I get it, sometimes those schools can be a little wary of that situation they're like oh we're scared that they're gonna come here and they're gonna just be like the entire time like i don't want to touch anything i don't want to touch any of these kids mm -hmm. like sure covid maybe don't touch the kids but like like you know what i mean like they don't <laughs> they, it's like they're scared to actually be in that in that environment and everything and i'm like you know how important it would be for some of those especially this is my thing and this is another point visibility visibility of first of all being able to being sh like showing yourself to those students, especially organizations who have a showing of minorities within it. And that's a really beautiful thing is like, as much as I can go into these schools and be like, hey, I'm a black flute player, I exist. That means you also can exist because I exist, you know, and I saw the people who paved the way for me and I went there doing it, I can do it. And it's a constant thing. We are comfortable doing things that we see our people, the people who look like us doing, excelling in right? It's just a natural thing. So the more and more you take these students and you show them visibility, the more they're going to go, maybe I can do that, you know? And it, it, maybe you have to get a little uncomfortable, but as William Lake says, I'm not here to make you comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Michael, did you have any things that you, that you wanted to see? Specifically? I just want to see more, just more like not education, but education and showing people that they understand music more than they think they do. So like engagement How through education. that to classical music. Like yeah. there's some classical music, if people like, you don't even have to understand it. Like when someone hears the ending of like, I don't know, Mahler seven or Shostakovich seven, it's just loud. So people are going to love it because it's just loud and it's a visceral experience. And if you can take music that they know and infuse music that we want to play, 
and make everybody I don't know happy and just show them that they understand it more than they do and just not we ain't spoon feeding it like just show them the different parts and then be like you know we're gonna play this I want you to listen to the flute okay now I want you to listen to the, how the flute and the violin interacts and now you're getting them to listen to stuff that they probably never would have you're getting them to listen deeper than they probably ever would have and then they're gonna go back to something like hate to keep bringing this up montero or industry baby and they're gonna listen and they're gonna listen just a little bit deeper and they're gonna be like wow i did not realize that but now i realize even more so then they might be the curiosity is started that is all that needs to happen the curiosity of music has to be ignited in some way and that is very easy you can take a light calvary overture everybody loves a good overture so you take you take the overture, play a little bit of it, be like, awesome. Y'all see this? Great. Point out some stuff, play it again. Cool. I want you to hear it again. Boom. And then you're just like talking to the community. It's like it's awesome. Like there was the one concert I extremely loved from ASO. They had a new conduct like a guest conductor come in and they played a new piece. And they played it twice. And he talked to us between them he's like did you hear those colors did you see this motive and how it was passed around and how it kind of stayed the same but then it built this like rhythmic crescendo and all he talked to us and like i know some of this stuff but i even caught myself like checking out and then checking back in like when he started talking to us and they played it again and the applause was even louder because they were like whoa and those are most of those people are every day or every week going orchestra people so they heard some of the stuff they usually hear. But having him talk to us, first of all, caught me off guard. I was like, who is talking right now? <laughs> like, you're supposed to be just waving a stick. And so that was very fun. But yeah, that's what I would like to see, just more education in showing people that they understand more than they think they do and not talking down to people. And two yeah. points um, on that. One, in, in case you do talk to people and everything, make sure you were not talking in a tone of, I know, like you should know what a crescendo is because the normal day person, the people who we want in our audiences have no idea what a crescendo is. So they you have to- but The actual term, they don't yeah, get it. Exactly. And I, I learned that because uh, I have a great father, but it's funny trying to explain music things to it. I mean, he he knows music. He loves to listen to it. But if I come up to him and I try to explain all these music terminology, he's like, what? And then we end up getting in an argument. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, it's literally just getting louder. He was like, well, why didn't you just say that in the first place? And then I get upset because I'm like, you should know what it means. But the thing is, no, it shouldn't because he, he didn't go to school for music. He was not in band, he was not in choir. M the normal people don't know that. So make sure when you are doing that, do not come like you're on a high horse and you're speaking down because that's a, a one way to lose your audience. That's just that. And, two, and the second thing is exactly what Michael said, work. I, had a, I taught a music appreciation class last year and the first semester we we went through all of classical music and the curiosity of music, I played some songs and they're like, what is that? Oh my gosh, like that sounds like that? Yes, yes it does. 
we we in classical music we have those good songs and they come back and when we so the next semester we did popular genres and they're like this sounds like this Wagner or this sounds like this Tchaikovsky that we listen to look there like do you see now and then we listen to John Williams and they're like wait that sounded like this exactly you see how it's not mutually exclusive there are things that go beyond and so it does work in both ways and now you've engaged the whole generation that thought classical music was boring there you go also like there's very few audiences you can play the opening like the first four minutes of Mahler five and they're not like wow like it's just such an experience especially when the orchestra plays it well well, my thing is like, and this is a huge point of like not making people feel as if you're talking down to them and make like kind of letting them understand. You can easily understand this just as well because the article that I wrote on imposter syndrome that got put into the UNM yearly like journal and everything, you know, my I, my family read that, you know, and my family are not musicians. <laughs> we are farmers. And so that was, it was very interesting to see how they engaged with it but what one of the things one of my mom's friends who she's older said to me she was like i love the way that you wrote it because you wrote it in a way that i could understand that mm -hmm. i wasn't trying to figure out oh gosh what does that mean or what is that because i and i really i do that whenever i talk and i guess it's the teacher in me who i want to explain things in a way that anybody no matter what your background of music uh, knowledge is would be able to go I understand this concept now and I understand how I can apply it to other things that I do that maybe not music, but you know what I mean? It's, um, I don't, and that's my biggest, biggest beef with academia is that people feel like they have to say big words all the time and they have to say big concepts without explaining them all the time or just say things that honestly, it's bad. If I am reading something and I'm, my brain is just kind of like not clicking in any way, I just go, this is just that poorly written. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but like, there's no way. I love reading. I love reading. I love reading about things that don't even concern me. But when I come across readings and articles that obviously are supposed to be a barrier between the people who are experts on the field and others, what are you doing? Knowledge is not, knowledge isn't locked away. Knowledge isn't something that it should be put like above where you can reach it. You should want to take, and this is what I mean going to those communities and actually putting yourselves in those communities. You are no longer taking yourself and saying, you have to come to us. You have to meet us. No, we're going to take it to you. We want to show you that we want you to be a part of this and we want you to feel as though you are a part of the situation because you are. So for people who are listening, who maybe you've done community engagement, or maybe you want to see more of it more, maybe you see some in your communities, like really think about it and ask yourselves like, are the are they who are they really engaging with like who are they trying to engage with go to those things see who that who's coming to them you know what i mean see who's actually showing up um think about the programs that are going think about the programs you want to see implement them if you don't see what you want want to be done then you do it yourself i truly believe in that um but there I'm, there i'm sure so many other community engagement programs and things that we haven't even talked about or spoken of but it just shows how important it is. And if we want art to stay relevant, if we want to see our kids go into these fields as well, if we want to see the our, the next generations continue on with art, 
then we have to do something about it. You have to show it to them. You can't expect them. And that's what the problem is, is we're expecting them to just come to us and want to do it. No, you have to do a little bit of work, just a little bit of work. Um, but I'm excited for the opportunities that I'm going to have this year to do more community engagement. And um, hopefully we'll see some really cool. I think COVID is actually sort of helping with that just a little bit because yeah. of restrictions of being inside they have to kind of take some of this to outside venues. So, and that does engage more communities. So maybe we'll see a burst of more of these things popping up, but um, let us know what, what things are going on around you, or if you have events that you want to blast yourself and like, oh, this is a really cool opportunity. Like do that. We would love to share it. So um, other than that, we hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It was very fun getting to talk, engage uh-huh, with each other. On the, on the subject of community engagement. I know that was bad, but it worked. Um, and so let us know how you felt about the episode. Of course, we'll be back next week. So until then, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.